Today on Laura Lynn and Friends. I was talking to a person from the LGBTQ plus community. He was telling me that I'm a hater and, you know, he was standing for, uh, you know, free, free Palestine and holding his uh, LGBTQ plus flag. And I said, do you know that the Muslims will come after you when they get the control? The Sherrod lads, well, they will kill you the first person, including these other people. So there is a lot of uh, people just supporting blindly and don't understand that actually we are trying to protect you. We are not hating. We're trying to protect Canadians of all beliefs and all backgrounds. And at the same time, we are upholding the biblical truth to all of these things. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. We are going to be talking about some very important things that are happening in the Middle East. And before we get to that, I wanted to read to you from my dad's Bible. I love to uh, read from his Bible and it's, it's interesting. He's just kind of got this passage very lightly marked. It was in Jeremiah 51. What a treasure my father has left me in um, giving me a Bible that he marked up, uh, that he kind of highlighted some of the important things that he was reading, you know, and he thought that they were significant. Well, we're going to be talking about the Middle East, um, that might go along with Babylon, uh, might go along with, you know, some of the, the Chaldeans is mentioned in this passage, but so, Jeremiah 51, my dad has highlighted verses 53 to 56. I'm just going to read the first and last. And it says, Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify the height of her strength, yet from me shall spoilers come unto her, says the Lord. I think God's saying that no matter how great Babylon might get, and it feels like in British Columbia, I always call this Babylon, British Columbia, uh, but no matter how great in the world the spirit of Babylon might get, God has a plan and he will send spoilers against her. And uh, because the spoiler is come upon her, even upon Babylon and her mighty men, they will be taken. Every one of their bows shall be broken, for the Lord God of recompenses shall surely requit. So that's a little bit of old English, and I'm not so certain. I think requit means what, JT? It means like God will deal. What did they mean in the old days? I don't, I don't know. But it sounds really good, and it sounds like God's going to deal with them, so I'm okay with it. And, you know, we've been watching what's happening in the Middle East, and there's been a lot of confusion. And so just full disclosure, um, I have found myself being given some very harsh emails, uh, people unhappy with my position of standing with Israel at this hour. And to me, it makes perfect sense that Israel was assaulted in a very difficult way. Uh, one of the harshest, most psychopathic ways, violent ways that we've ever seen. October 7th, a day of absolute mayhem, killings, and torture. And Israel is now taking every bit of their force and dealing with the Hamas terrorists in Gaza. And that has ignited, you know, the Hezbollah from Lebanon is now 
you know, getting in the fray and a few things happening from Iraq, Iran, all kinds of stuff. But I have someone with me today that was born there, and his name is uh, uh, Pastor Ali. And Pastor Ali, if you could come on and tell us how you pronounce your last name, because I always butcher it. Is it Fayaz? Fazy. Fazy? You see, I knew yeah. it. Like, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm sorry about that. Pastor Ali, no. um, you were born in Iran, and you have been to Israel numerous times. You were born into a Muslim family. Uh, you are now a Christian pastor, and you stand for uh, telling and, and, and talking about the world as you see it. And you are one of those courageous pastors. If, you know, if anybody's looking for a church where they're speaking the truth, uh, you're one of those courageous pastors that's willing to talk about world events and not just sort of leave that at our dinner table to watch the news and not truly understand what's happening. You're very vocal about that. So I welcome you to the show. And I wonder if you could Thanks. tell us a little bit about how growing up in Iran may have informed your positions today. Well, thank you for having me, Laura Lynn, on your show. And uh, it's uh, wonderful to be able to share a little bit with your viewers the point of view that uh, comes from the Middle East. Uh, I was born in Iran uh, uh, during the revolution time uh, that the Shah was being uh, kicked out of Iran. And of course, the Ayatollah came to power and uh, into a Muslim family. And uh, of course, the whole notion of the revolution uh, took a huge impact on my personal life and being involved in uh, Islamic rituals and moving forward. And at that time, of course, the Iran and Iraq wars was in full force of it. And uh, and the whole time they were telling us uh, in schools and different medias that uh, our war against Iraq is not just a war against Iraq, but it's against the West. But we go, we have to go to Iraq to free Israel. Uh, if, sorry, to free Palestine from Israel. So the the war wasn't so much about just fighting Iraq, but to get the occupied Palestine freed from Israel. And so heroic stories being told, what the Hezbollah was doing, that got me so interested in involved in it. And of course, uh, I, I enlisted myself at a very young age as a child soldier. And uh, my parents, even though they were Muslim, uh, they did not believe in this cause. So they overnight shipped me to Germany so that I would not go into this enlistment. And so throughout the time, uh, uh, continuing following uh, Islamic religion and the histories, and coming to uh, North America eventually in 1992, uh, I still was uh, following uh, with full compassion of my hatred towards Israel and uh, and the things that are happening. Of course, 90, 2001 happens, 9-11, and that's when I call upon God and say, God, you need to reveal yourself to me who you are. And that's when I had my encounter with Jesus over three months. and. Uh, converted, give my life to Jesus and have never looked back. And I became a pro-Israel, defender of Israel uh, since then. Wow. What was it about 9-11 um, that stirred your heart to be concerned and to realize that you just needed more truth? Like, like what, was it a very scary incident? Like, did it, did it touch your heart in that way? Like, what was it about that that made you seek God? Well, the majority of the Muslim world is uh, Sunni and uh, the small part of the Muslim world is Shiites and uh, uh, the Iran and some 
part of Afghanistan in Iraq are Shiites. And in Shiites uh, teaching is that uh, you don't kill the people of the book and you don't kill the innocent uh, children uh, or women in any kind of war. And it has to be a jihad to happen. So when 9-11 happened, it brought me this question. I said, God, if you're really real, why would you allow something like this to happen? If you're, you know, there are innocent people in that building. There are children, women. There are people of different faith, including Muslims in there. So this, you have to answer me directly yourself because I don't want to follow anymore anything I can read or study in, in the Quran or Bible or anything where else. I need to hear from you directly. And that's what made me call upon him and, uh, and he revealed himself to me. Wow. And so since then, uh, Pastor Ali, one of the things um, that we've seen is that this conflict, October 7th, has actually really divided, uh, divided the country. Do you see anti-Semitism rising since that date? Uh, anti-Semitism, unfortunately, uh, been on a huge rise and also been uh, in Canada for a while. For a while and uh, it's been hidden. And um, just for example, there is a um, shop in Toronto that I know of and I've seen it with my own eyes and it's well known among the Iranian community that is run by the Iranian uh, supported regime that has on the door that no Jews are allowed in here. And it still is allowed to be operated and nothing has been taken, no action has been taken against such a, such a movement. And, uh, and I find it very interesting that how people are uh, rising out about against Israel when Israel was just defending her herself and is still defending herself in this issue. Um, when you were brought up in Iran, you, you talk about you were given a certain uh, propaganda. You were given sort of their way of thinking about it. And did you say that their way of thinking was basically completely against Israel? 100%. The name of Israel does not even exist on the map in Iran. It says occupied Palestine. And, uh, and we are, we were told that the Israeli is, uh, the Israel government, they are not really Jews and uh, that there's no Jewish state and uh, Palestine has been occupied by these uh, false Jews basically. And, uh, and it's our job uh, to free Palestine uh, from the occupied uh, people of Israel. So what began to help you to, to change, um, I guess, becoming a Christian? How did that change your perspective on that? Because being a Christian, you could have found Jesus, but maybe still maintain those same perspectives. What changed in that process? Well, I started reading the Bible and I started seeing the heritage of the Persians in the Bible and going back right to Cyrus and how God called Cyrus to rise up and to become the protector of Israel. And then uh, how Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah prophesied that Cyrus will be his the anointed one and his uh, uh, shepherd that is going to lead people. And uh, looking at the history of how throughout the history of the Bible, the Persians will become the protector of Israel. And at the same time, even we see when uh, in the book of Esther, when there was a plot and Esther, the Lord used Esther to touch the heart of the king and the king turned around and brought Haman into the judgment that he wanted to destroy Israel. That really blessed my heart. And that, that brought me to full understanding that as a position of the Persians, we have that heritage in us to be protectors of Israel. 
Wow. So just a complete turnaround, really. Um, and so as you have seen the unfolding, you are also a pastor now and you understand some of the prophetic words and the insight that the Bible gives us regarding the last days. Um, one of the things before we we came on today, just on a side note, because we're not really discussing it, but one of the things that the word of God says is that there needs to be a rebuilding of the temple. And you heard rumors or perhaps saw like the beginnings of that. And I've, I've heard and read somewhere that maybe in 2025, the completion of the temple will be done. And that in scripture means something, this is getting into real last day stuff. Well, uh, of course, we don't we don't want to prolong the building of the third temple because we know that according to the prophecies, it will be rebuilt and ushering the Antichrist to bring the one world government in. But in 2019, when I was in Israel and I went to the temple uh, and I saw that they have rebuilt uh, a lot of uh, the portions of rebuilt the portion of the temple and they even holding services inside the temple. They're holding their Shabbat uh, uh, services because the areas that have rebuilt. So we are pretty much on a go uh, and it's fast forwarding. I won't be surprised if it's not going to be rebuilt by 2025. Uh, but my prayer is that for the sake of souls, uh, that we will continue praying that the Lord will prolong it so that we can testify of Jesus Christ to as many as people possible. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Like one of the things that was fulfilled in prophecy, we, many people believe. And I guess I'm also encountering those that are Christian that they seem to be completely uh, not on the side of Israel. There are some factions of Christians that this is, it's kind of, it's kind of causing a rift in the Christian churches, I guess how I would put it now. But yet scripture is so clear that God would bring about a nation again. And in 1948, in a day, basically, Israel was formed. And uh, th this is God's people in which he brought the Messiah to Bethlehem. Jesus uh, was, he lived and died and rose again in Israel. And the Bible says he will return to the Mount of Olives. So it's a pretty important area. For sure, one hundred percent, and I don't. Be, I believe every Christian is supposed to support Israel and uh, Israel in the context that the Lord. Uh, Nineteen forty-eight. Of course, we know Israel was reestablished. Uh, God gave them that land uh, over three thousand years ago, and uh, and this is it is their land. Uh, whether people want to agree or disagree on it, it's not up for question because that's just the Bible teaches us that. And for us to understand that this. Uh, what is taking place today in Israel is being prophesied. But our job as Christians is, uh, just as Paul said to us, that we need to be as Gentiles preaching and making them zealous for the love of the Father and bring them back and put them be part of it. And we as Christians, we as Gentiles who've been grafted into the olive branches as part of Israel, it is our opportunity, our chance today to evangelize Israel and uh, alike the Jews and the Gentiles over there to, to tell them about Jesus. Because we know at the end, the Antichrist will come and there will be the Jacob's trouble that is coming at the end of the times. But until that time, it is for us to stand with the word of God to bring the Jewish people back to the heart of the Father. So um, regarding Canada's response, you've got a couple of clips maybe you'd like to 
let me know like what uh, which of these clips you'd like to look at. Um, we're we're finding ourselves in a difficult position. Uh, Trudeau was originally like standing with Israel, and then you know he's kind of backing down a little bit as he's seeing his his support you know from liberal uh, sides maybe waning a little, and with all of these Palestinian protests and whatnot. Um, give us a little background and maybe how what might help us to decipher through what's going on. Well, uh, what is taking place at this hour in Canada is that there is a uh, organization that is out of Iran, which is called the IRGC. And this is uh, actually a terrorist group. It is Islamic Revolutionary Guard uh, Corps, and as well as by many nations being actually uh, identified as a terrorist group. Or in uh, the Farsi language is Sabai Pastaran Angolab Islami, which translates directly Army of Guardians of Islamic Revolution. And these people are living here in Canada and uh, a thousand of them have been identified and they are basically uh, bringing the, forward the propagandas of the Iranian regime and they're bringing forward the, the powers of what the Iranian regime wants to see happening across the globe, including supporting Hamas and weaponizing them and training them and ordering them to attack on October 7th uh, Israel. And uh, so Justin Trudeau has refused over and over again to call this IRGC a terrorist group and uh, deport these people out of Canada. And it has put Canadian lives in danger, uh, the Iranian lives, uh, ex uh, those who are became Canadian citizens, they're spying on people like myself and thousands of Iranians that are living here. And Justin Trudeau has never held the Iranian government accountable for the attack on the Ukrainian plane. In fact, right after the Ukrainian attack that happened, he went and shook hands with the foreign minister of Iran and uh, not holding any accountability towards this. And it has been a blow in the Iranian people's face that we have come here believing that Canada is going to be a nation that will stand against uh, a nation that is full of uh, dictators and terrorism and taking millions of Iranian assets to spend on terror across the globe. And Iranian people in Iran are suffering while we are, it's a country full of rich oil and gas and mineral resources in, of, of all kind, but because they're taking their money and giving it to these people and also for terrorist uh, attacks and supporting groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and ordering them to attack in different places, uh, People, uh, nations, uh, it is very sad that our, the Prime Minister of Canada will not acknowledge it and whoever is questioning him about it, he will ignore it, even his uh, even his cabinet members. And uh, because they're trying to win the support of the people who are on the, not only on the left, but people who are, you know, 100% uh, pro-Islamic movements in Canada. Okay, so we'll throw to that clip then uh, that you had uh, sent and watch that. How big is the problem of Iranian regime affiliates operating in Canada? The answer, as we uncovered this weekend on Global's current affairs program, The New Reality, was shocking. We have about 700 names right now. 700. We're still counting, so it's going to be closer to 1,000. The news we broke has a lot of people demanding, when will Canada designate the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps as a terrorist entity, just like the U.S. did in 2019? 
We put that question to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Prime Minister, will you commit to listing the IRGC as a terrorist entity? We continue to watch and make sure that we're able to do everything we can that is responsible against the impact of the IRGC. With all due respect, uh, Prime Minister, the people who spoke to us, you know, they said that they risked their lives just to speak to us, and they are desperate for a direct answer from you. As you know, the IRGC is complicit in the killing of at least 55 Canadians in the downing of Flight 752. Um, could you please answer my question? Will you list the IRGC or commit to listing the IRGC as a terrorist entity? Yes or no? If I have said many, many times, the Iranian regime responsible for the shooting down of PS752, killing of its own citizens and killing of Canadian citizens, its sponsorship of terror around the world, means that we will continue to do everything necessary, both to hold that regime to account, to limit its impact around the world, and to protect Canadians. So you asked a straightforward question. We're not getting a straightforward answer. We went back to the BC lawyer investigating and documenting the list of regime affiliates living freely in this country. If you don't want to do it, you know, give us a good reason. The lack of transparency and straightforwardness on this straightforward issue, um, of course, it's upsetting. Uh, and um, it's definitely not something I want to see in Canadian politics. Our investigation has a lot of people talking, but for those dissidents who speak up and risk their lives to do so, they just want an answer. Thank you for showing this to us. Uh, this is really shocking, Pastor Ali. And, you know, I, I don't like mainstream, but when they're actually, when they're actually concerned about something, uh, you know, it's kind of good that they're putting pressure on the prime minister. It is good, but uh, the problem we're having is is that there is no action taken by any means. And uh, I know the opposition party is trying to push forward towards it. But again, we are. it is as simplest as what the U.S. did. Put this group as a terror group. If our neighboring U.S. has said that IRCG, RRGC is a terror group, why Canada cannot do it? And... Uh, the pressure is obviously not enough. And uh, as uh, the lawyer was sharing and the, the reporter was sharing, people like myself and like him and others, we are exposing these things, but at the danger of it endangering our own life because they are spying on us as well, right? And anything that is exposing them uh, will be also a threat to us. But we are here to stand for the truth. I came to Canada. I love Canada. This is my homeland. And I don't want Canadians' life uh, be endangered in any way that uh, while I was in Iran saw that the endangering people's life, whoever wants to rise up against them, they're going to kill them and destroy them. And so this is my part of serving my country, Canada, at this hour by revealing the truth. Well, thank you for doing that. Is, is that maybe why Prime Minister Trudeau is not being more forthright? What, what do you think is his reason for not wanting to naturally declare this group to be a terrorist group. I mean, what is the possible reason not to? Well, there is a lot of, as we know, our prime minister has a lot of uh, uh, shady uh, relationships and he gains a lot from these shady relationships. And it's also for the votes that he's looking for, right? And uh, IRC, uh, IRCG, RG, sorry, IRGC has a lot of influence with the Muslim communities. 
And uh, so we know that the liberal party counts on the Muslim votes and, and the, the radical leftists. And, uh, and many of the radical lefts do not even understand what this group can do. And uh, a lot of people who are, for example, supporting this uh, and, and the, uh, from the left side uh, do not understand that these very people, once they get full control of a Canadian soul, they will be the very first people that will be persecuted. They will be the first people that they will go after. I was talking to a person from the LGBTQ plus community. He was telling me that I'm a hater and, you know, he was standing for, uh, you know, free, free Palestine and holding his uh, LGBTQ plus flag. And I said, do you know that the Muslims will come after you when they get the control? The Sherrod lads, well, they will kill you the first person, including these other people. So there is a lot of uh, people yeah. just supporting blindly. And don't understand that actually we are trying to protect you we are not hating we're trying to protect canadians of all beliefs and all backgrounds and at the same time we are upholding the biblical truth to all of these things so the uh, so we will be faced with opposition and of course uh, justin trudeau cares only about his own businesses and on his own affairs and the gains that he gets from the uh, from these people because there is money involved, uh, whether we like it to believe it or not, there's money involved and there's benefits for him. I do believe that. And of course, it's not the first time that Justin Trudeau has done something that we just can't understand at all. Like he's so, you know, we just, we basically the last, you know, eight years have shown us that uh, he's the most unusual prime minister and he's he's not high in everybody's uh, good books right now. You have another clip as well that I'd like to share, uh, some of uh, pretty much on the same topic, I believe. Um, yes. Let's have a look at that. There's political fallout tonight over our reporting on foreign interference by the Islamic Republic of Iran on Canada. Global's The New Reality spoke to Iranian Canadians, legal experts and intelligence sources, uncovering evidence of hundreds of potentially dangerous Iranian officials operating in Canada. Nagar Moshtahedi joins me now with her exclusive reporting on this. Nagar. Donna, the reaction to our investigation has been pouring in. Some relieve the details are finally coming out. But if you're not familiar with how dissidents are being threatened here, the developments may come as a surprise. That reporting was shocking. The leader of the opposition has been vocal about getting tough with the Iranian regime, but even he admits he had no idea how widespread the problem is. Your documentary uh, made me realize how much more uh, brutal it is. They will not be prosecuted. That's just a fact. This BC lawyer is identifying and investigating an alarming number of regime insiders operating in Canada and threatening those who speak out against them. We have about 700 names right now um, that are either have temporary residence, permanent residence or citizenship that are in Canada and that are somehow regime affiliates. Some of them have citizenship. They've had citizenship for a long time. And some of them had this pre-planned already, and they came to Canada knowing that this is going to be their safe haven. They know where they live in big mansions that they bought from money they stole from poor, poor people in Iran. To learn from your report that it was 700 uh, was staggering, and it requires immediate action to kick them out of this country. World-renowned human rights activist Masi Alinejad has been the target of multiple alleged plots against her. She is under constant FBI protection and she has an unsettling message for Canadians. FBI warned me that 
Canada is not safe. That's heartbreaking. It's mind-blowing. Who would ever have thought eight years ago that our allies would think Canada is too dangerous a place to go? Wow. So do, do you agree with that sentiment? Like, uh, this is basically putting all of us in jeopardy. And, you know, uh, Pierre is noting it. And this lady must see, I follow her on, um, on Twitter as well, like to kind of keep up. And she's, she's taking a real risk to be very vocal as well. She does. And uh, she's actually a great activist uh, to expose the Iranian government uh, across the globe. And uh, I do believe what this report says, because Canada is taking no actions regarding any kind of threat. And as I mentioned to earlier, that after the uh, shooting down the Ukrainian plane, uh, Justin Trudeau went and met with the Iranian foreign minister and shook his hand. Uh, if you're standing for the Canadian lives and for justice and for those who innocently got killed, you would not go meet with the Iranian um, foreign minister and shake his hand and have a courteous talk with him. And so that tells us Iranians uh, that are living here that he doesn't really care about what happens to us or to Canadians. And he makes friends with people who he's not supposed to make friends. And so this is a, a very alarming uh, for should be very alarming for all of us that we have a prime minister in power at this current hour that uh, all he cares about his own benefit. He's he does the good talk, uh, but he has not taken no action towards any of these things. It is as simple as a pin stroke. He can declare them as a terrorist group and have them deported. Some of them are citizens. They're voting. They have the rights to have uh, to manipulate systems. And so, and these are uh, 700 to 1,000 that we know of. There is much more. The number is more stagnating than that. So this uh, lawyer that was uh, in the interview, he just been finding these numbers and names to come against the Canadian government and try to push and press against the Canadian government to expose, uh, expose these people and get them deported. Well, I really honor that lawyer. I really honor folks like you and this other woman and also uh, these reporters that are ash actually asking uh, the prime minister about it. Um, one of the things we heard, there was going to be a cap of about a thousand people from Gaza that would come here. I want to ask you what you think about our Canadian policy now. I believe they've removed the cap and we don't know how many people will come from Gaza. And I'd like to just say for myself personally up front that as much as I love people and I have no problem with people from all kinds of places in the world coming here, if they do not share our values, then I don't, I don't feel safe with them coming to our land. And what we heard was that as Israel was being attacked on October 7th, there was a celebration of epic proportions going on in Gaza these people were celebrating what Hamas was doing that day. And now these are the same people who may end up being in our own country. And so that brings me some concerns on that issue. 100%, because uh, when we look at it, even the report that was sharing, uh, IRGC is bringing millions and of millions of Iranian money into Canada. And they're using that to basically be able to support any kind of immigration that's going to happen from Gaza and protect their own people. 
that are from in Gaza. So the uh, migration that's going to happen, there is no guarantee with this prime minister, with this government, that there, there's going to be proper screening happening. Um, I'm like yourself, you know, I believe that we should be having humanitarian mindset that, you know, people who are suffering in an instant, innocent, they should be coming. But my concern is because there is no uh, transparency and there is no uh, screening happening and knowing that the RRGC is operating fully in Canada and using millions of the Iranian money to influence who will come to this country. And they're going to most likely be bring their own soldiers and people who are uh, supporting them to make the, to get kept, keep them safe for later on uh, agendas and plans that they, they will have. For me, this is uh, very alarming, very dangerous, and we should actually be calling upon the government to stop this. Do you think that some of this um, IRGC money is what is um, helping to pay in this Toronto Sun. Uh, this is um, a very, very recent article. Two Canadian Hells Angels members charged in U.S. plot to kill Iranian defector. So, uh, I mean, wow. So, this is like somebody's paying Hells Angels to go after an Iranian guy who's who's wanting to defect, is that right? Exactly. So uh, as as we look at it, there is no uh, strains to what the government of Iran is willing to do through the uh, RRGC because they have the money that they will pay whoever they have to pay. And uh, as much as everybody believes that Hamas is just a... Uh, uh, a freedom fighting group or whatever they call themselves, a resistant group, they have to understand that they don't have any kind of economy or money that they can support themselves. They're listening to the Iranian government that gives them millions and billions of dollars to do what this they need to do. And this is not surprising either, that they can hire health angels, they can hire other people, and they say, well, we didn't do anything. They did it. Hell's Angels did it, or you know, uh, uh, you know, Hamas did it, or Hezbollah did it. Our hands are clear of this. The real problem we're having today is that we need to deal with an Iranian government that needs to be once for all uh, put uh, removed out of Iran because it will solve a lot of the problems in the Middle East. So, if we removed the Iranian government, or if the Iranian government were, were removed, and like, how hard would that be to do? Actually, Pastor Ali, that would that mean war? Would that mean the U.S. getting involved? And you know, everyone's a little bit concerned about doing that kind of thing again. It requires the support of Canada and U.S. and other nations to stand with the Iranian people in Iran. I know not much news is coming on this side of the world to us, but there is a two and a half years of revolution that is happening in Iranian streets and people are standing against the Iranian government, but they don't have enough support to tumble over the government. And Israel has been very vocal about this issue and has been asking U.S. to support, to help the Iranian people and with Israel to uh, see this regime being removed. There won't be any war because the Iranians want this regime to be removed at once. And we have to see that uh, as much as there's a lip service that we support Iranian people, but yet we will release billions of dollars into their hands, millions of dollars into the hand of the government to continue be strengthened. Joe Biden, 
for example, just before the October 7, released billions of dollars, millions of dollars into the hands of the Iranian regime. And we see the outcome of that money was an attack from Hamas to Israel. So we are looking at a double standard that is taking place. And we need to see that Canadians and Americans vote for the right governments and people who are there to stand for the truth and for justice, not just for Canadians and Americans, but across the globe, seeing governments that are being oppressing and endangering other nations are no longer in power. So would that go along with what, what is happening with Hamas? I mean, Canada and the United States has not had to be part of what is happening there. But if we could talk a little bit about Israel, um, it is my understanding that, uh, that Hamas declares that they will not stop, at least this is what they say, that when they're not asking for a temporary ceasefire, you know, in order to do something, or they want this ceasefire, but they're basically saying that they're willing to annihilate, like part of their whole mission statement is to annihilate Israel. How could Israel live at peace ever, ever, ever with them alongside them in Gaza? It's impossible. Uh, and uh, as I shared earlier, again, Hamas is just a tool, Hezbollah is another tool in the hand of the Iranian government. And if you do a little bit of research on this, all these militants that are from Hamas or Hezbollah, they have got their trainings by the Iranian Revolutionary Guards. And uh, they have received the trainings in Iran. And uh, the leaders right after the attack, they were in Iran. Uh, these are public knowledge. And there are billionaires that are receiving money. And, and they are they're enslaved to their master, which is the, the, the Islamic regime of Iran. And the Islamic regime of Iran, since its inception in 1972, wants to wipe out Israel and does not want to Israel to exist. So these are his, their puppeteers that are working on their behalf. And, uh, and Israel cannot stop at this hour. And I understand and I sympathize with innocent lives being lost. But if we are going to just put a ceasefire because innocent lives uh, are lost, then we should have put a ceasefire with Adolf Hitler as well. Millions of Germans died, innocent German people died that did not support children, women, people who didn't deserve to die. But we had to annihilate Adolf Hitler that the world would be a peaceful place for us to live. And we said we will not allow history to repeat itself. But unfortunately, I'm watching that we are getting a support for people who are desiring to destroy the world but we are not supporting Israel, who's trying to not just free itself, but free all of us from these wild kind of attacks. What do you make of these? Um, I, I follow a fellow, his name is Amir Sarfati, and uh, yes. he shows uh, they have a live video. Well, it's live at the time that they shoot it, and then they put it up on um, Instagram, Telegram, and his pages. But basically, there's still families in the middle of these cities very recently walking down the middle because they're trying to actually see where the IDF is to go back and to report to Hamas. And yes. they have their children with them. And as a parent, as a mother, I wouldn't, I wouldn't harm or put my child in harm's way in the middle of a war. I would be on the other side of the country or as far away as I could get. Well, uh, the, 
the notion here is that it is an honor for you to die for the cause. That includes uh, sending your own children for the cause to die. So uh, there's an article that I sent you earlier. I'm not sure if you received it, that a mother uh, was said it would be her honor for her both sons be martyrs for mm-hmm. the, uh, in LA Israel. So to them, their mindset is, it doesn't matter whether we're going to die or not. We just got to do what is our portion today. So their mindset is very different than our mindsets here. They, they think it as an honor, their children to die. They right. take it as a as, as glory, and so uh, and I I understand that because I came from that background, you know, because I felt at my very young age, you know, being a child uh, enlisted as a child soldier, it would be my honor to just go through the minefields to clear the the grounds for the soldiers to continue uh, the the war against Iraq all the way back to uh, Israel to free Palestine. Oh, it's it's just unbelievable. We have a clip. Uh, of of this sort of mentality. Let's show that clip. Only women were welcome at a rally for Hamas candidate Maryam Farhat. She's one of the hardest of Hamas's hardliners, one of 10 women candidates fielded by the radical Islamic group in the hotly contested Palestinian legislative elections. In Gaza, she's known as Umm Shuhada, the mother of martyrs. Three of her sons died fighting the Israelis. Four years ago, Hamas recorded a video of Farhat with her 19-year-old son, Mohammed, before he went off to kill five Israelis in an attack on a settlement. In the video, she says if she had a hundred other sons like Mohammed, she'd readily send them all to die for the cause. Farhat carried a machine gun at Mohammed's funeral. I encouraged him to be a martyr, she tells me. I chose the operation with his brother. Yes, I was sad when he left, but I don't regret it. At a Hamas rally, mothers primped their young sons on stage. A new generation of recruits learning to march in the footsteps of their elders. To Maryam Farhat, a mother's love and devotion for her children take a back seat to the struggle. We sacrifice our children because they're dearest to our hearts, she says. Our sense of sacred duty, the principles of Islam, of jihad in God's path, are the ultimate priority, more important than our feelings. Her solution to this bitter conflict is starkly simple. They, the Israelis, she means, should give up all the land. Either they leave alive or they leave in pieces. The milk of human kindness gone sour. Some Hamas candidates are taking a more moderate line, but not the woman Palestinians call the mother of martyrs. I'm so shocked. My my children, I I would be horrified if they died. I would be horrified if they died in war. You know, here in Canada, we're we're teaching our children in schools uh, to use proper pronouns for people who want to be transgender. And across the world, in places like this, they're training their kids to die a martyr's death, killing people, Israelis, and next perhaps us, but. This is, this is very disturbing, and it makes me wonder, I don't know that we're ready as a society, and now we're bringing an uncapped number 
of people that would be predetermined and, and uh, you know, given this sort of way of thinking, bringing them here to our country? Well, you know, when 9-11 happened and my encounter with God took place, a few years later, I watched a sermon by, by a friend of ours, uh, uh, T.D. Jakes, and he addressed it very well, what is taking place over the, that side of the world. He says, while our children, our uh, medias are fully engaged in sports and entertainment, and our children know much more about uh, you know, the pop stars and what movies on and how many shots of a basketball player made and hockey teams are doing and how great they are. They are teaching their children in the school to study exactly the identity and DNA of us. And so what happened on 9-11, and he was preaching about that. And I said, I had to just applaud. I said, nobody else preached about that. I said, uh, it is exactly true because I was part of it. We were being taught to hate in school. We were being taught to understand the policies. And when, even at the time that I told my, we were standing on the line and saying death to Israel, death to America, death to the West. At one time I asked my principal, I said, well, I don't want to say death to America because my cousins are living in America. And, and, his, and his response to me was, well, when we said death to America, we don't mean the people. We mean the, we mean the government. But and then so so that's okay. If it's the government, let's that's to America, right? So this is uh, the notions that's happening, and hatred has been constantly being thought. So for somebody to be able to uh, have a 9/11 attack or be a martyr for Islam, it has been ingrained from their inception as a child. And those pictures, when I was watching those babies standing there, it brought some bitter, uh, you know. Um, memories to me because i've seen that in iran as well when i was growing up and i saw myself uh in one of those outfits when i was younger uh standing there and uh being actually idolizing some of the martyrs and wanting to be like one of them wow you know um i think about how you were kind of chosen out of all of these people to to be given a chance to see the truth, um, to understand, like God moved on your heart after 9-11. You heard T.D. Jakes, you found your way to finding God. Um, I think of those questions that you might have put forward to people in authority in your life saying, well, I don't really want to say that because you were putting together, there's people I love over there. Uh, that's truly amazing, and that might be why God had his hand and his thumbprint on your life, even at that time, uh, to change it and to make you sort of a voice and someone who could see past all of this. Do you think there's hope? Because there's some really amazing things happening in Iran, like God is moving there. The, the God, Jehovah God, is. there's actually some really uh, crazy things that you were telling me are going on. Well, you know, uh, right now, the fastest underground church in the world is in Iran. And, uh, you know, over 2 million people have been uh, received Christ as a Lord and Savior in the last uh, eight years. Wow. And this is a very uh, amazing uh, mm. move of God that's taking place that is uh, little reported. But what is, uh, and it's also little reported about what had happened last year in Iran, 50,000 mosques were closed down because of lack of attendance. And it means that Iranians are turning away from Islam. 
and God is visiting them. And this actually lines up to Jeremiah 49 prophecy regarding Elam, which is the biblical name from Iran at the time that says, you know, in Jeremiah 49 towards the end, it says, Elam, I will judge you. I will put my judgment in you. But towards the end times, I will restore your fortune. And we're watching that God is restoring the fortune of Iran and is and is healing them and delivering them. And of course, throughout all this movement, we see also people who've been silent politically for a longest time rising up like the Crown Prince of Iran. He was in Israel last May. It wasn't reported in North America, of course, but it was all the news in Israel that how Israeli government invited him and he stood there and he says, we, the Persians, we Iranians, we stand with Israel. We are friends with Israel. And of course, that's part of being the Iranian government being upset about it, that Israel had uh, the crown prince visiting Israel and touring and standing against the Iranian regime and standing with Israel. And uh, part of the attack that took place by the, uh, by the Hamas was a retaliation of uh, the crown prince being in Iran and saying, we, the sons of Cyrus, we are the defenders of Israel, not the foes. Wow. What would you say to someone? It strikes me um, that we could be being watched by someone uh, who's here in Canada, North America, and they're watching this show and they're maybe they're a bit confused because a man born in Iran has now embraced Jesus. And a lot of Iranians are fastest growing church. <laughs> underground church is in Iran. Um, what what would you say? Because I don't fully understand why anyone's embracing all this violence. But maybe you do. What what do they need to see that they don't see right now? Well, uh, what is happening is is uh, the bringing in the Western world they're bringing a human right issue, which is not a human right issue actually. This is a violation of existing of a nation. And uh, even we're not talking about just the biblical truth. There is a group of people that are saying a nation should no longer exist and wipe out because of, uh, of a group of people pro, uh, proclaiming that this land belongs to them and this land was stolen from them. There is nowhere that historically, biblically, that Palestine ever owned that land. That land never belonged to Palestine. There was never a Palestinian state. It, it, the history is proving it to us. It was always belonging to Israel. It was under, as you can see in your clip, and the British uh, and uh, the Turks and uh, different empires uh, throughout the history. And in 1948, uh, as we see that Israel becomes again a nation because it was always a nation, uh, they gave up more of their land to uh, the the other nations, including Jordan and Syria, than that they're supposed to have by what God had promised them. So this has been uh, uh, people historically are incorrect. They're embracing this violence. They are, if you're looking at it biblically, they are biblically incorrect. And truth has to continue being uh, preached and shared. And uh, if you don't want to have truth prevail, well, this is what's going to happen: embracing of evil. Wow. And, you know, I really appreciate you going through this because we've had another uh, gentleman born in Lebanon that explained uh, some of this history as well. Same thing that you're sharing here 
is that a lot of people just don't understand the history. And in fact, they're believing a lot of propaganda. Um, and, uh, you know, when you go back to Jerusalem, if you want to look in the Bible, you know, at, at 600 AD, you've got David there as king of, of Jerusalem. And it's Israel. It's, he's in Jerusalem, but king of Israel. And uh, the Bible is full of all of these places where the, the Jews were. And so why are people so upset that this one tiny nation just wants to have its own land. And then they say things like Israel is so violent and Israel is, you know, the aggressor. And I don't find that true in history. When I look at like many, many times, I'm, I'm certain they've made mistakes in acts of war. But what I have found is that usually they're having to defend themselves from people who hate them just because they exist. Well, Lorlin, being in a, uh visiting Israel, uh, and I encourage anybody that has not been in Israel, go to visit Israel, because a lot of the notions uh, from the Western propaganda that's happening is to make Israel look like an evil uh, nation or as a, an oppressing nation. Being in Israel, uh, and I, when I went there and visited the first time, just the Israeli people, just telling them that I'm from Iran, they embrace me, they hold me. They hugged me. They told me we're family because of Esther and because of Cyrus and our history. And watching them, that they were they were well versed. The, one of the uh, most amazing uh, hotels, which is you know uh, that they have, is also a Cyrus, the, the Cyrus Road, and they have the Cyrus Hotel over there. They understand culture. They understand history. The Israelis are well versed, and they take care of people. They love people. We have is a multicultural nation in Israel that there is no discrimination. There, as a as an Arab-born person, you are allowed to be in schools and you are have the same benefits as the as a as a Jew uh, that is there. They don't discriminate against whether you're Arab or you're from Ethiopia or you migrated there. They're taking care of people. If any nation has been fair to anybody, is Israel. Uh, so of course we we agree and disagree on political stance and those things are always being agreed and disagreed on but it doesn't make israel to be a, a apartheid uh, regime as being being told and a being apartheid regime means basically you don't give people right to exist israel is giving people right to exist people forget that without israel the West Bank has no resources. The West Bank has no financial backing. They, they don't have a currency to do business. They don't they forgot about that the, the water that is going into Gaza, the food that was where Israel was providing, the electricity, and the forgetting and the what the and Israel wasn't looking for anything in return of those things. And the only time they cut it off was when the attack were violently attacked. And so we have to put things to right in perspective and people cannot put things right in perspective because they being keep on being lied by the Western media, Western propagandas. And because we are watching, this is not a war just against Israel. It's a war against God, ultimately. Wow. Wow. This, this is really a religious war, I think is what I'm hearing. Like this is, this is the devil, you know, versus, uh, versus God. Um, the devil hates Israel because Israel was God's chosen people and is seems to withstand, you know, everything, every attack that ever comes against it. 
And even in Ezekiel 38 and 39, I don't know how close we are to Armageddon, but it basically says everyone's going to turn against Israel and then God's yes. going to show up for Israel in the last days in the yes. battle of Armageddon. And we are seeing that the world's starting to turn against Israel right now, even. It is happening as we are talking. And uh, I like how you started the show. Welcome to a new day towards the end days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. The beginning of the last days. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of the last days. Sorry, I misquoted yeah. you. The beginning of the last <laughs> yeah. days. It is the beginning of the last days and we have to be aware of it. And we should be standing on the right side of the history. If anything, we should have learned from World War II and we should not be silent in this hour. You know, we Canada was silent during World War II, turn around the ship of Jewish migrants when they came here. And uh, we, we should have learned from the history. And uh, unfortunately, we haven't. And we are standing on the wrong side of the history when we are defending a terrorist group named Hamas and calling them a fighters or resistant group. They are not a resistant group. They are a terrorist group. That as we've seen the videos, have, there's enough videos, evidence there, that they don't care. They just want to kill or see either Israel will leave or they will be leaving in pieces. So as Canadians, I believe that we need to stand on the right side mm -hmm. of history. We need to stand up against the anti-Semitism that is going on. And we need to hold our uh, legislation and our government responsible. And uh, we have to call upon our government to not be doing this. Uh, I was in Toronto and I saw how many uh, Jewish businesses are being attacked for just being Jewish. I don't see that happening to the Russians. By the way, let's uh, equal two things together. Yeah, Russia attacked Ukraine. I don't see Ukrainians boycotting and screaming and saying don't go to Russian businesses or other things. And uh, and and we're seeing the reverse. And the Canadian government says, oh, it's the right. It's the right to to demonstrate. And I see our police officers bringing Tim Hortons coffee to people who are anti-Semitists and wanting to see Israel destroyed. That to me is a very alarming and I hope and I pray that Canada will soon turn around and we will stand on the right side of the history, not the wrong side of the history. I really appreciate that. My very final question to you, um, that, that was just such a beautiful sentiment, but I, I can't help but ask, like, as an Iranian in Canada, um, formerly born in Iran, you would be very much aware probably of the many uh, thousands of people that are in our country, but have you been shocked to see some of these protests and the growing animosity and and violent uh, threat that we're seeing in our own streets. I've I've been surprised at this, but maybe you've known that they were here all along. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 not, I'm not surprised by it because uh, these are uh, cells that have been been quiet for a long time. They've been systematically moving to Canada, as you had heard the lawyer before. They've been waiting for the time to be called into the jihad or uprisings. And uh, being uh, coming from Islam uh, background, uh, Muslim background, you have to understand that when there is a jihad call, there is no such a thing as, you, you know, uh, a radical or non-radical Muslim. You have to answer the call and you have to stand up for, for these things. And uh, what, I, what I you see on these videos is these people have been systematically different ways come to Canada 
and they've been waiting and wanting to see the shared laws and the, the powers to be controlling Canada. And so for me, is the only way that we can stop all of these things is we have to really, as Canadians, we have to rise up and not support blindly any of these demonstrations. And we have to understand that these very people who are standing on the streets and shouting and saying that they want to see Palestine free, they are the very people that will oppress Canada once they have full access and power in the different ways. And if you pay attention, and I ask them all, people always this question, I say, why are these demonstrators, if they're standing for truth, why are they all wearing, uh, covering their faces and then their identity? If you are standing for a truth, shouldn't you show your face? Obviously, you need to be a criminal to cover your face. And criminals cover their face, not mm -hmm. people who are standing for truth. And like yourself, like myself, of course, you know, um, uh, speaking up against all of these things has, of course, uh, its attacks. I'm sure you have received your attacks. I've received my attacks on my Facebook and uh, page. And uh, since October 7, I've been very extremely vocal about this because I see the danger of it coming from that part of the world. And, uh, and you know, the my Facebook page is, uh, you know, personal attacks, uh, attacks on my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, attacks on my family and my mom and uh, different people. But you know what? Um, the Bible tells me very clearly, for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. We love all the people. And I know that you do too. We pray for all the people's salvation. We don't want none to perish. We don't want uh, whether Arab or Jews or any other nationality. We just speaking the truth that this is not about a freedom of a group of people. This is a war that the Bible has prophesied. And we need to, and, and if anything, the world should be listening to us because we have the answer in the Bible. And we and they should be listening and seeking counsel from us, just like some of the kings of the Old Testament sought the counsel from Daniel and from Joseph and uh, different ones to understand what they need to do. So. As, as much as it's alarming in this hour, it's not surprising. Here you've said, dear Palestinians, while the leaders of Hamas are living luxurious lives, enjoying uh, good lives, they ask you to sacrifice yourselves and your children. Hamas doesn't care for the Palestinians. Hamas is the enemy of the Palestinian people. That is a very powerful message. And you can see that they're all billionaires. They're, they're not even in Gaza. Uh, they're, they're living, you know, all these, you know, luxurious lives and expecting the people to sacrifice themselves and in fact stopping them from leaving Gaza. And I've heard recently that there have been some protests of people saying like they are done with Hamas and they're, they're trying to be liberated, some factions, you know, of the people. And I celebrate that and I hope that we can help people to be liberated from That's Hamas. Sure. And that's, I guess, what's going on right now. For sure. That is yeah. very true. Okay, that's thank you, true. Pastor Ali. Thank you very much for uh, your time today. Thank you for sharing. I pray God's protection on you and on me as we speak the truth. I pray God's protection on Canada. And I pray that anyone listening to us that sees a different perspective because maybe they have been in, in you know, entrenched in something that is not peaceful, that they would see that the love of God, the power of God, and a new life awaits them that doesn't include 
the violent acts and rhetoric of the other side. And I pray they would find peace as well. And that's our wish for you to anyone who is not in agreement with us. Our prayer for you is that you would find peace and the love of life and the enjoyment that God intended you to have and not all this other nonsense of, you know, potential harm to yourself and your families. So thank you, thank Pastor you. Ali. God bless thank you. For you. Your time. Thank you for having me on your shows. And I just want to uh, say one more thing, that people who are in the world and do not uh, understand the shared laws, please do go study it. Because all the freedoms that you enjoy as Canadians today, you are going to lose them under the shared laws. And these people are not just fighting against Israel. They're fighting against freedom of what God has called us to be free under. And we as Christians are defending the freedom of all, even you don't believe in the God of Israel, the Jehovah, Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are defending with these shows and other shows that you're doing because you want people to remain free and free indeed. Amen. Amen. Yeah. God keep our land glorious and free. Thank you, Pastor Amen. Ali. You're a real you, blessing. Sir. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. So can you imagine that uh, th this is a, a very interesting life uh, being born in Iran and seeing sort of the truth of how they're trained as children and all of that. And then to have God get a hold of his life and to come here and to be a minister and a bearer of the truth and the, the love, the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to hear that many people, they have visions even. Uh, they have visions of Jesus um, and that the underground church in Iran is growing very quickly it's exciting because perhaps it's time for something new. Perhaps it's time to, to allow God's love to permeate many, many hearts, those that never thought that they would see it. And I pray for that, and I hope that you will as well. My uh, website is laurelin.tv. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting this work. We do not have any big organizations supporting us. Uh, we wake up every day thinking about what's important for Canada to know. Uh, today, we're concerned that our government, Prime Minister Trudeau, is unable to call out terrorism in our own land. And we're not afraid to talk about it. We're not afraid to speak on it. And we pray that God will bring the protection that we need and the protection that our guests need in order to speak freely. And we ask that Canada would be reformed and be changed. And that's the kind of programming we bring to you. And this is only here because of your generosity and your kindness. When you give to, to uh, our work here, you give to um, our uh, enablement to be able to bring the truth every single day. And if you go onto our website, we make it super easy. You just push that little donate button and you can donate anonymously. You can donate monthly, a one-time gift, uh, you can just keep going on there every month and donating, you know, uh, part of your funds. And we see some of you regularly doing that. You can also e-transfer to Laura Lynn live at protonmail.com. I just want to say it means so much to us. It means so, so much to us. We see every dollar that comes in. We need, we need every dollar that comes in. And when you are watching this, maybe on a daily basis and you've never donated, would it hurt, you know, you're spending all this money on your coffee and donuts and stuff, would it hurt to just...
throw a little bit our way because a little bit from a lot of people helps to get the job done. And this is our job. This is our, this is our ministry. And you actually get a tax receipt when you donate here. So we appreciate it. We have a uh, mailbox, box 48184, uh, New Westminster V3M0A7. If you would like to send a post uh, snail mail, kind of uh, a check, perhaps you just do checks these days. And that's okay with us. We'll, we'll take it any way that we can get it because we're working very, very hard at making sure that you've got the right end of the stick on knowledge. And I, I've received some people sending me some emails on Israel and whatnot. And I always try to filter through the videos you want me to watch. And then I can see there's recurring videos. And I try to watch. I try to go, okay, I'm not afraid to actually see the other side. That's why I, I tune in to CNN to see what they're talking about. I, I'm not afraid of it. I need, it's because of my job, I need to be informed as to what their position is on things. What is the other side saying, you know, about such and such an event? Like, what is their take on it? Uh, because the truth never needs to be afraid of what it knows, because the truth is the truth. And so when you're informed about the position that others have, you can have better answers and I can bring better material forward. I 100%, 100% stand with Israel. And for those of you who are constantly railing and have things to say about Netanyahu, I do welcome this. At my email, if we can put that up again, Live at protonmail.com. I'm inviting everyone. Don't give me a whole bunch of hours and hours of video. Tell me, you know, on this video, you can see that Netanyahu did the wrong thing, blah, 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 his position on such and such. Send it to me so I can watch it. Because all of you haters of Netanyahu, I keep saying to all of those that hate me, hey, would you mind sending me some facts, um, you know, articles that don't just say you hate Netanyahu, but why you hate him? Because I do know there was a powerful prophetic word by Kim Clancy on God calling Netanyahu at this hour and at this time. And he's a very strong man. He's lost a one of his physical brothers, right? A family sibling he's lost in war. And that was back on the war, uh, the, uh, the raid on Entebbe in Kampala, Uganda. And Netanyahu's brother was lost during that, but they went in and they rescued hostages in the you know, underneath the, the blackness of night and what an incredible job they did. So if you want me to look at your problems with Netanyahu, let me know. All I know is I've been watching him for years. I had to watch all of his interviews with Barbara Walters and he was on 60 Minutes or ABC News, ABC Specials. He was on the news and he'd be doing interviews. And what I remember about him and what I have continued to see about Netanyahu is his constant word that they are trying their very best to avoid killing civilians. And I understand that it's very difficult in light of them having to go after places right in Gaza that are using children and mothers as human shields that it's easy to criticize the man, 
but they cannot live beside Hamas anymore. And they have asked over and over and sent out leaflets over all of Gaza to say, please leave because we're going to be going after Hamas. And then they've been attacked from the north, from Lebanon, and other attacks are coming in at Israel. They're ganged up on pretty good right now. But they do feel that they have to protect their people. And when I think about my little area that I live in, if we've got the Bloods and the Crips nearby, and they're saying that they are not going to allow any of us to survive or live in the area, there's only one thing to do. Somebody's got to go after the bad guys. And it's going to be brutal. 100%. I just don't stand with terrorists and I stand with a, a society that wants to rid them of the terrorists. And I do wish that Canada would take a stronger stand against what we're seeing they're letting in and declare organizations to be terrorists. You know, I feel like that guy, like, can't we all just get along, right? Rodney, was it Rodney? King. Can't we all just get along? I, I would like that. But apparently with some people, you just can't. And that's been hard. I want to leave you today with a word um, from the precious word of God. Last night I couldn't sleep and I actually put on John and then it went into Romans. That was interesting, wasn't it? It was Romans 8, 9, and 10. Hmm. It was really interesting because it was kind of describing, Romans is a fascinating, it doesn't take you very long actually to, you know, to read through Romans, but hmm. let me just read this. Romans chapter nine, verse six. It is not as though God's word had failed for not all who descended from Israel are Israel. You know, a lot of people are writing me about the bloodlines in Israel and they're not, you know, they're not the real people of Israel that live there now and call themselves Jews. And I'm like, okay, are you going to go and get the DNA of everyone that lives <laughs> that lives in Israel? All right. I, I just believe that Israel deserves to be a nation. They did it legally. They have full right. They did it with the approval of the United Nations. And they are a nation since 1948. And they deserve their land. Whatever someone's bloodline is, I'm really, truly hoping that I have Jewish. I mean, I my my uh, maiden name was Freeman, Marlon Freeman. I'm like, doesn't that sound Jewish? I think it's Jewish. I would be honored to be a Jew. So it says here, for not all who descended from Israel are Israel, nor because they are his de descendants are they all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Do you remember this? Sarah, and then there was Hagar and Abraham and Sarah, 
kind of, you know, created Ishmael, uh, well, through Hagar, Hagar, the, the bond servant. Not only that, but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, you know, kids don't, there's this period where kids don't do anything good or bad, like till they turn two and then all holy hell hits. Okay. In order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. So there's been divisions in the Jewish history between Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's children, Ishmael, the line of Ishmael, and they've been fighting ever since. I do hope we can all get along. I do hope we can find a way. And I do believe that as our guest today, Pastor Ali pointed out, there is scriptural references that God has his hand on the Persians. Those are people from Iran. That God loves all of us. He loves everyone in the Middle East. But for those who reject God, for those who are violent, God will deal his justice in a day in the way he wants to. And that's just the word. God bless. We'll see you soon. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing. But for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.